Welcome to Eject Rejects. I'm Ian. Oh shit, I'm Jacob. <laughs> My bad. Wait a minute, but I'm Jacob. <gasps> no. I'm Forrest. I kid. Hello. Hello everyone. And today we are going to be unearthing mm. a film that we all have a fair amount of enjoyment for called Bubba Hotep. This is a suggestion by Senor Forrest. Hello. And just like Streets of Fire, I have to say thank you, Forrest, for introducing me to this film. Um, I don't love it as much as you do, but I still definitely <laughs> enjoy it a fair bit, so don't consider that a ding on the film. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go into a couple uh, basic stat points for the film like I always do, and then I'm going to turn it over to Senior Force, and he's going to go ahead and give us the synopsis. So this film uh, was released officially in October of 2003. It was showed during the 2002s at some film festivals, I believe Forrest told me. Uh, this is definitely a B-film. It is a horror film in kind of the same veins as like Evil Dead and other kind of horror comedy films. A little bit of a different pace, but just that's kind of what you'd be thinking of if you want to sort of categorize it. Only had a budget of about $1 million, which is, you know, pretty pretty decent, especially for a B-movie. It basically broke even in terms of its actual financial success. It made about one point two, so technically would be considered a flop. But again, B-movie folks, you know, kind of different scales. Um, and it was directed by a man known as Don Coscarelli, which is a important uh, point to bring up as I'm going to cycle over the force so he can talk a little bit about Mr. Coscarelli. Yeah, so this dude, um, he is a huge, huge B-movie maker, and he actually has a, a cult of rabid fans. Um, not rabid literally, because that, that would warrant rabies vaccines and a whole other cascade of medical debate, um, but rabid in the fact that they just love his films. This guy is the brainchild and the maker and the creator of the Phantasm series, um, a really, really cool cult hit of movies that made a, a name for itself in the, the 80s, I believe, and is still going on mm -hmm. today by the same guy. So it's one of those long-running uh, horror cult film series that kind of is in the same vein as... Um, Freddy and Jason, where the, the main villain should be right there up with him with Hellraiser and all those kind of movies that are very iconic for um, horror movies and horror icons. A little less just because it is more of an indie film genre of set of movies. But ultimately, this guy has been doing every single one of these movies, and that's something to note and mention because... It's typically not your your typical. Um, usually when someone starts a movie, not always does that same director and writer span through the segment of movies that follow. So Don Coscarelli, love him, rabid fan. And also another huge fan of mine, or uh, icon of mine is Bruce Campbell, who is in this film. Good so, old Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love him. Woo. B-movie Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, pretty much with that chin. Oh, God, that chin. So this movie, Bubba Hotep, the synopsis for it is two elderly people, Elvis Presley and a dyed black JFK, are in a rest home. They are sick of their lives. They are just pretty much waiting to die. When something comes along, it is a mummy who sucks the souls from the living. His orifice of choice is the butt. That's really all you need to know. The main cast is two old guys played by two amazing actors, Bruce Campbell as Elvis Presley himself, 
uh, which we'll talk into how that is De- the case. Debatable, but we'll get into that, yeah. Sure, most certainly. And then Ozzy Davis as a diet JFK. They do a fantastic job, and it's really cool to see because when you watch movies, it's fairly rare that the main two antagonists or um, protagonists are old folks. So it takes a weird kind of cool twist on a movie genre, flips on its head, kind of reminds me of Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, where it takes that that quota of a genre, flips it on its head, and plays it straight for the most part. Yeah, I think that's actually a good comparison right there for us, that it is kind of a little bit more like Tucker Dale vs. Evil than uh, Evil Dead in some ways. Kind of, again, same genre idea, but I think that's a good I, way. Yeah. I personally, I, I love Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Um I love that movie. Uh, everything Tucker about and Dale, that. I think. D- whichever. Either way. Whichever way. But I love that movie. Um, I I didn't. So, and we'll we'll get more into it in a little bit. But I'm probably going to be in the minority amongst uh, us three and with most of the fans of this movie. I didn't dislike this movie by any means. Um, there's a lot of things I love about it. There's lo- gasp. There's a lot of things I like about it, but there's just one glaring thing to me personally that I didn't love upon like thinking about it and doing I, I didn't do a ton of research I, I looked into it a little bit and um, it, there's just I, I'm, I'm left feeling I, I'm, I'm left wanting more from it with the fantastic uh, plot that they had or at least the idea and um, I'm feeling a little disappointed is probably the word mm. I would use I don't hate it by any means I, I need to preface that but I'm definitely left uh, feeling there's there's still there's there's more i wanted from it <laughs> as as someone who enjoys watching these supernatural esque people fighting monsters that that's one of my favorite types of yeah. uh media so but it would be fair to note that that is not the main point of this movie though um and, and i know we're jumping balls deep into this thing but ultimately this movie is about an elvis presley impersonator who made a deal with Elvis Presley himself to switch lives because Elvis was sick and tired of life itself. He just um, got divorced with his wife. Um, his nine-year-old child is now, or his whatever-year-old child at this point is now with um, uh, Priscilla. He is on his own. He's with friends that are sucking him dry. And he is he's fucked up. He is now no longer Elvis Presley because he became... That, that weird contract of a switch so he can get out of that life of Elvis Presley, and now he's an Elvis Presley impersonator. And it's about him reflecting on the mistakes he's made and almost like a coming of age for a person who's already had plenty of coming of ages. Yeah, and I think that's a good point as well. And I mean, kind of going back to what I commented on earlier, is it's never like 110% established, at, le- at least in my mind, no. that, that Bruce Campbell as Elvis Presley is, he's actually supposed to be Elvis Presley because they, they make a lot of illusions like the the, the, the nurse attendant that you know helps him with his little Played issue. Played by Ella Joyce. Yeah, Ella Joyce, yeah, which She's with great. this little, little issue, which <laughs> we'll get into a little bit later. But um she also kind of insinuates that he might just be old and senile and he just believes that he's Elvis Presley and they kind of back that up as well as there's a lot of these a lot of these um um elderly people in the nurse in the nursing home aside from um JFK and then um 
Elvis Presley is there's another character where he thinks he's the Lone Ranger and he's yep. walking around with a white cowboy hat and two little toy gun pistols and everything. And and, and it's, I, I kind of like that because it makes you kind of interpret whether is he really Elvis Presley and he did this whole kind of switcheroo thing to get away from the high life because he was tired of it or is he literally just a senile, crazy old man? And I, I liked that about the film. That's actually probably one of my favorite things is – I like it in films when they don't over-explain everything. They let you decide what you want of it. And it definitely plays off of that. Um, The way that this is filmed, there's a few parts where it does these weird, flashy, quick cuts where it has very glitchy moments to to manifest and show you that this um, protagonist, this character that we are seeing this story through, his mind isn't all there. He's a little fractured, and he doesn't really, really know exactly what's going on he is not fully there so the way that this film is shot is to show you that in a different way without telling you that he is not fully comprehending everything and as you notice the those quick shots and those glitches slowly go away by the end of the film because he's becoming much more um coherent this 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 blood for life has kind of flowed back into him and into his pecker at one point of this movie to revitalize him and do what needs to be done taking care of business do we want to talk about that little issue do we want to get that out of the way that is a big issue um and actually is one of the issues that bruce campbell had with the film so when he was talking with don coscarelli he said i will do this film on one condition you need to tell me do I have to show my penis? The penis is not shown, but the penis is important to the story in a few different ways. Um, the penis itself, we are noted, has a bump on his pecker. Um, and it's gross, and it's a pustule, and every now and then the poor nurse has to come in and basically lube it up for him. Um, and then drain it too. That's and, the important part. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Some of yep. the sound effects during those scenes of very, very visual. But that's, that is um, very kind of like a B-plot to this character. No one's telling him he has cancer, but he knows in the back of his mind he has cancer. And this, this is all futile. Right. Um, so so I, may, I may go off on a little rant here, and I Please do, do apologize. <laughs> I, I, may have, I may have entirely missed the point of it. Right, based on what you said, I may have missed the point that it's the supernatural element is maybe just a background to it all. Like it's much like in zombie movies, how the zombies are really just there to show us that humanity is the yeah, shitty part of it—an allegory. Yeah, exactly. But I, so to me, it seems like there there was not enough. Like he didn't he didn't have a. Um, there was no good reason there there wasn't a a good enough reason for him to start fighting the mummy for me because he wasn't we at least we never saw it he wasn't close with his roommate we never really saw that much of an interaction with his roommate oh, the the original roommate that died in the first right opening? i don't i don't recall seeing a no the the one that was choking and yeah, right. the, his his original roommate. Yeah, so the, the Korean War opens, veteran or whoever. Yes, supposed the to movie be, yeah. opens with uh, Elvis Presley in his bed, and his roommate next to him it just passed away, or right. is in the midst of passing away as the film opens. I I feel like the people who died, who had the souls sucked from their butts, and or <laughs> or even just the people that died in general. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like he wasn't close enough with them, and I and I kind of and I remember them saying, "Oh, he's sucking the souls out of my friends," and I so I need to yeah I I need to go and help them. I I don't recall seeing a like like there wasn't there wasn't something there that showed that he was actually close with them. The the Elvis that we saw there was very distant at first. He was very distant, uh, very limited to talking, very just very cold, very mad at the world. And that that's a good character um, that's a good character feature to have. But we need to see like and we saw why obviously, but I and I'll get I'll get into something that I came that I came up with what I feel like maybe would have been oh, a better story. Okay. And I'm not a writer. And I'm not saying that this is the best thing ever, but I feel like it would have helped a little bit. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, I think that's a good point to bring up, Jacob. And I would, I would agree with that to an extent. Um, I'm also going to give a positive though at the same time about this movie, which is one of the reasons why I think I really like this movie, even if it's maybe not perfectly executed. Is on, um, yeah, I, I do agree. I, I think that the execution of like why. Elvis or Bruce Campbell. Um, I'm probably just going to say Bruce Campbell because he's That's just fine. Bruce Campbell to me. Um, why why Bruce Campbell seems to care about this whole situation beyond the fact that, you know, he's doing it kind of in for himself so he doesn't get his soul sucked out of his anus, which, I mean, <laughs> right. yes, that's a good enough reason for everyone, but they don't play it that way, right? You know, they play it like he actually has a line where he says, you know, I'm not going to let everyone, all my friends die at the same time or whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, I agree. You know, they really establish him as more of kind of a selfish character, which is again, very Bruce Campbell-y if anyone has watched any of the evil dead films, not the remake. We're not talking about the remake that doesn't exist, but um, yeah, going into the thing I do like about the movie a lot though, is I feel like some of the best horror movies out there are horror movies that if you strip out all of the horror parts of the film, it will still run as a character study. And that's one of the things I did like about this film is there's a very large undercurrent of um, what is the point of life in this film, right? You know, what what is my purpose? And especially since it's focusing on elderly people that are at the end of their light, essentially, why are they still here? What is our purpose in life? Am I really just useless? And that's something that Bruce Campbell monologues internally a lot in this film. And I like that idea. And I like the fact that if he took away all the whole mummy stuff and just made it a character study into that, it would still work. And I did enjoy that about the film. Oh, yep. Excuse me while I knock my microphone. <laughs> Mike, Bob, it's all good. I mean, that's, that's a good point from both of you. I do have to go back to Jacob real quick. So, and I'm not done making my point. No, no, so no, I, I still, continue, I, I still continue have a lot poking to at the pustule on the penis. <laughs> oh, and, oh, I, and I want to say before you get into this, I okay. don't dislike this movie. I, nope. I should have prefaced that from the beginning. I do not dislike this movie. I just have problems. You wouldn't be here if you did. Correct. <laughs> well, no, I'd still, I'd still be here. No, but you I'd, wouldn't be I'd, here I'd, I'd, oh, on this earth. Oh, oh, gotcha. No, go ahead. So maybe you are correct. Maybe there is a point when he starts saying, these are my friends, these are my, my, my people. He really only has one huge movie connection with Avi Dace, Ozzy, Ozzy Davis's character, JFK. And I think because we didn't see a whole lot of background with the other characters in the, um, whatchamacallit, the, the elderly home, is because he doesn't get out of bed till the second act of the movie. It's about 20, 25 minutes in when Elvis's character finally gets out of bed. So maybe that's why it's a very stagnant movie. And if you were to tell me it's kind of boring, kind of slow, yeah, I, I can believe you with that. Right. Um, okay. So I want picture this, right? 
So and do I have to close my eyes? No. Okay, I'm and, and, and I should now. say before this, so uh, two years ago, now uh, in 2018, they came out with. Uh, so this movie was originally a novella mm-hmm. by uh, what is the author's name? You Joe have that R. Lansdale. Joe R. Lansdale. Mm-hmm. So uh, this movie was, was a great writer, folks. If you want books with lots of gore and lots of body counts, that's that's the guy. Yes, check him out. So he came back and co-wrote a uh, a short comic series. It was uh, five issues, I do believe, where uh, we're shot back into the 70s with Elvis, and he's fighting extraterrestrial vampires. Mm-hmm. On a movie set. On a movie set. So Vampire and I, babes. So... And that 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 again frustrates me a little bit because for me I need a okay all right I'm gonna lo- I'm gonna lose <laughs> my track here if I don't folks. if I don't stay on it. Basically, I I think a better story would have been had you stuck with that originally. What if Elvis had decided he was tired of tired of this famous life? Right. Mm-hmm. He goes, but he, but he finds something that he feels has more meaning to his life which would be fighting extraterrestrial monsters. Because we have to assume in this world, if, if, this, if this mummy can come back to life, that there's tons of other creatures out there too. And now, if sure. the, and now if these comic books are canon, I don't know if they are or not, but I'm going to assume that they are. No idea. Then I'm, just, I'm going on assumptions here. If these comic books are canon, then there's also extraterrestrial vampires, which leads <laughs> me to believe there's tons of other monsters out there. I think had Elvis left that lifestyle and become... And had become a hunter is the only term I know how to use because I like the show Supernatural. He had become a hunter, and he went out and just fought. And what like Elvis saving the U.S. from tons of monsters, like Abraham and that, Lincoln. And that would also, and that would also have a good story of why he's so distant from his daughter as well, why he's distant from his wife, but he's also at the same time he was trying to make a better world for them. And the story could be he got hurt because he was still doing it well into his old age because he. He had a passion for it. He had a love for it. But, you know, the impersonator that he still went to go and find because, he, you know, he worked really hard to get to that mm-hmm. level. He didn't want it to go to waste. So he still found that impersonator. But they still died. And he got hurt on a hunt because he was doing it while he was still too old. And that is why he's now in the hospital. And he still can have the cancer. He still has the thing on his dick. Pecker, sorry. Um, And it would just – and it's like – he lost all meaning of life at that point because he, you know, he lost contact with his daughter. But this mummy coming back has restilled that love that he had, that he once had in his younger years. Like, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm not a writer, but like that, that, that makes it. It feels. I mean, I'd watch it. It would make me care more than I. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> so I don't hate that idea. Right. But in the words of Bruce Campbell, when he was asked by Don Coscarelli, do you want to do a prequel to Bubba Hotep since it was such a huge hit? In the words of Bruce Campbell, why? He he rocked it in this role. This is one he of did. his best roles ever, I, including Evil Dead 2. Everyone can come at me. I will kick you in the whatever chin. genitalia. Or chin, sure, if that's where you keep your genitalia. But Star Trek I, reference. I, I, I don't really care for another supernatural story in this world um that would almost take away the whole plot point for this movie which is why i'm fine with it being a comic book series i don't want it to be an actual movie maybe if it was this weird parallel of sebastian half 
the the gentleman who is the impersonator who is now actually Elvis after the contract switch um, like Garfield that movie where there was two Garfields and they hated each other's lives and they right. switched whatever so maybe it was Sebastian Half that went through all that crazy stuff and that's kind of fun two parallels where each of them chose different lives and they had these supernatural events that made them reflect on their back years I don't want it to be actual Elvis Presley, though, or what we would believe to be actual Elvis Presley. But then that, but, so the, but the comic books themselves, they re, like like I said, if they are canon, I cannot confirm nor deny that they are not canon. I mean, it well, was made or uh, co-wrote by Joe R. Lansdale, who. But again, it, so are, are, but is the written, some but the written series could also be separate from the movie series, much like Marvel, Marvel or DC. Anyway, but that because up until up until this moment in his life at the retirement home, Elvis had never inter- encountered anything supernatural, right? Um, as far as we can tell. Okay, so then, but then the comic books, based on the the synopsis that I read, mm-hmm. they that completely rewrites it at that point. Exactly, which is why I don't really care for that 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 prequel I, stuff. I I know I was just this I was I was using this as a completely rewritten thing. I wasn't using oh, this as okay. I wasn't stating this as a prequel for anything. I was stating this. I want like I like this story. Uh, duh, I'm biased, but I like my story in replacement of the one we currently have. Oh, okay. I'm saying that as a complete replacement because then to me it seems like there's more. I, I I can't think of the correct word to use, but the word that comes to my head is validity. There there seems to be more validity to what is going on, and I realize that it's also a character growth movie. But I just I feel like in in this sense it just it flows better than what we were given. So with you guys talking about this uh, space vampire idea and everything and this world existing, the first thing I thought of, this might date the podcast a little bit if people get the reference, but little did we know that this was part of the uh, Universal's monster universe that never happened. Um, (laughs) Aside from one movie with Tom Cruise, which we're not going to talk about either. Um, But no, I... I definitely see where both of you two are coming from on this. and um, But you have to choose a side. No, you don't. I, no, I don't. I'm Switzerland. No, don't. My nickname in high school was Switzerland for a reason because I don't pick sides, mm. aside from when I do. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, and, and, and I agree. Um, but I think looking at the movie as it sits right now, we're, we're never going to know what could have happened with that, right? Right, you know, right. And, and, absolutely. And, and looking at the way that the movie as is as it is, as is what we have, um, I agree that there are some missed opportunities. I think my, my overall problem with this movie, before I talk about many, many things I do like about this movie, is yeah, I, I do think that the plot at times doesn't make sense. Like we were talking about, you know, why, why does Bruce Campbell care about saving all these people rather than him just being selfish like he did when he played Ash trying to save his own skin? I think that's a missed opportunity. You know, there's a couple other things about the movie which is a little disjointed at times. With that being said, though, some of the things I really did love about this movie is at the end of the day, this movie is so quirky and it's so weird that it just works because it's like what the whole premise of this elderly Elvis impersonator that could be Elvis and then an old man 
who is you know African American that thinks he's JFK or maybe he is JFK and he was literally dyed darker skinned or whatever whatever it is it, with it's, a bag of sand it, in his brain yeah it, with a bag of sand like it's so bizarre and then they're fighting a mummy from Egypt that is brought into Texas and is sucking the souls out of old people's butts like so weird and bizarre but the thing i love about that though is it's played so straight the the lines in this movie i mean like one of my favorite lines in the movie is when bruce campbell has one of his many monologues and he literally says is there really anything to life other than food shit and sex and it's like it just reminds me of a um of, of a quote of I mentioned George Carlin before because he's a big, I'm a big fan of him. Is he says this one thing where he says life is not that complicated. You get up, you go to work, you eat three square meals, you take one good shit, and you go back to bed. What's the fucking mystery? And it just <laughs> what that reminded me of what Bruce Campbell says in here too. Anyway, I'll get off of that. But the point is, is I, I like the movie because it is so weird that it holds my attention, even if it's not perfect. It is an, uh, undoubtedly a very amusing movie because of the line delivery in this film uh, kind of intertwined with what you were saying it is a very quotable movie which is one of the things i do like about it i i have things i like about it believe it or not um i i kind of i wrote down three of my favorites um let's get decadent was oh, was yeah. was <laughs> one of my favorites yeah um souls can be sucked from any orifice is one that i loved mm-hmm. and uh he would crap soul residue are, yes. are three of my favorite lines from this movie that is actually one of my favorite things about this movie is that conversation when uh bruce campbell's character and ozzy davis ozzy davis's character oh goodness i uh, get together and they start talking about and unraveling this mystery of what's actually going on and the point that this conversation makes is that when this mummy kills you sucking these small souls as they say basically living off of these old folks that were if they die no one's gonna really bat an eye at because heck if they die they're old but when they die from this mummy where do their souls go they, they don't go up to wherever is up there they go in the toilet when the mummy takes a shit <laughs> and then so, on top of that the mummy makes graffiti on makes hieroglyphics graffiti walls. on the shithouse walls like yeah. what yep <laughs> so i loved that conversation because it was so real and so grounded so profound and then you realize they're talking about a mummy shitting out souls. Yeah, the the movie the movie has a very good blend of comedy and suspense, which is something I really liked about it. The acting the acting all throughout the movie is really good. Um, my my main issue is with the story. Everything else I liked about this movie, Bruce Campbell and Ozzy Davis are just both fantastic as their characters. Their chemistry is really really good in this movie. And there's one thing I wanted to note. Um, the the practical effects on the mummy itself were really fantastic. Uh, they put uh, the the money they put towards that was well worth it. And um, the the fire when when he lights the spoilers when he lights the mummy on fire, mm-hmm. you could definitely tell that that was actual stunt work being done. And I want to give kudos because oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've watched a, I've watched many documentaries on people doing actual fire stunt work, and that shit is not easy. And I believe he was lit on fire twice. He was. was. So, yes. So that's at least two times. And that's even if they got the takes on the first try. So I want to give kudos to whoever these stuntmen were that did that 
because that's some really dangerous stuff. I looked into it. And they did get all those takes on the first try. Good. So two, that's so, actually really cool. So too. two times, two times. Kudos to the stuntmen who did that because that shit is definitely not easy. Well, it's something to bring up about that too because I was actually literally just about to bring oh, up that point good. as well. It's because I'm so we're on the same wavelength here. I think I mean the makeup in this movie is great in some areas and terrible in others. Um, for the mummy part, any any sort of horror aspect of this film is done really, really well, which again ties in with what I was saying, that this movie plays everything so straight and the comedy is just from how ludicrous the situation is. It's not like they're going to, eh, we're going to make fart jokes. And they're and self-aware, stupid. which is great. They're exactly. self-aware of how goofy it is. The movie is smarter than its material in a lot yeah. of ways, and that's something that I very, very much appreciate. Um, going to the fire thing, something that I also thought of in that scene when they light the mummy on fire is a lot of times, especially in B-movies, you know, lighting someone on fire, it's cheap, it's easy to do, um, dangerous, yes, but it's it's relatively easy to do, just like blowing up a car is and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with that is, and I'm going to reference uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a fantastic movie. But that that one scene when they light when uh, Nancy lights Freddie on fire, like oh, you can so tell, you know, that mm-hmm. the guy's wearing a fire suit. Like it, it does not look good. This movie. On the flip side, it looks great. Like you can kind of tell it's a fire suit and everything, but the way that they did the makeup, even when it's lit, when the mummy's lit on fire, it looks really good. Like oh, very yeah. believable, Absolutely. and I like that a lot. All the the makeup and the effects were done by KNV, which yeah. is a huge production company. Actually, now <laughs> they did the Spawn movie. They do a lot of work on Walking Dead. They also did one of Ian's favorite movies, Predators. I'm kidding. I wish you could see my face right now. I can describe it for you. Eyes sunken back. Horns growing out of your head. What the hell, Ian? Evil. No. Gross. Predators is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's one of the things I wanted. It, it was good that like practical stuff always looks ten times better than anything you're going to get with CGI. But I, I think especially in that time, too, they probably didn't have a big... They obviously didn't have a big budget, and anything they would have put towards CGI just wouldn't have looked as good. And I don't think anything was really done with CGI, even the little um, bug that they had no, the crawling bug, around. No, the bug there. was a puppet. Yeah. So that was – everything Everything was practical, which I love. I will, I will 100% support practical effects any day of the week because it just – if done right, it looks far better than anything you're going to get with CGI in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and, and anyone who knows me well knows that I am also a big believer in practical effects. I don't, I don't hate CGI. I just think that in most cases, CGI is used to replace one of the practical effects when it should be used to supplement it, um, which doesn't really matter for this film, so I won't get into too much detail on that. I'm sure I'll talk everyone's ears off about that in later films. But um, there are two practical effect elements in this movie, which I don't think are great, and I think that probably was a budgetary thing, is uh, first off, Bruce Campbell's old person makeup is not... Yeah, the, the it was okay. best at times, and it's a and I cracky. Well, going back to the budget, right? The budget was about one million. I, I clearly think they put a large amount of that into the mummy itself, which I think was the right choice by any means. So I don't consider it a bad thing that Bruce Campbell's old person makeup wasn't the greatest, but it was a little noticeable in comparison to the mummy. And then the bug we're mentioning, he he gets attacked by a scarab, and and that's the scene when he actually gets out of bed and starts walking around again because he gets emboldened by killing the scarab, and he's like, "Oh, I did a thing. I haven't. I'm not just bedridden anymore." That scarab was not um the scarab looked like a something you'd get from like a spirit Halloween store. It wasn't the best, but it didn't need to be again. I didn't think it was that bad. 
I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was not the best either. It was it was passable. Um, and I think sure. what they tried to do with makeup is that Bruce Campbell's he uses a lot of expressions in his acting, especially as Elvis. So they didn't want to go too cakey on him and make it too visual. So it, it's a weird middle ground of letting Bruce Campbell do his thing with his expressions and not being too much makeup where it's going to be too obvious. So, meh. It, it's all right. It's definitely it, it's, but it doesn't. I I feel like that that part doesn't take a, take anything away from the film itself. No. Um, every everything else about it is for me. It was just the writing part of it that uh, I can get over the makeup and everything. But my uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get back into it. But my gripes lie elsewhere. <laughs> so I think with that I'm going to touch on some of the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Okay. So in my opinion. This movie was trying to be um, a horror comedy, but you strip that away and down and dirty, down deep inside its pustule-filled pus, um, it is a a drama, Um, and it succeeds at that. Unfortunately, it doesn't really succeed as a monster film. It does a lot of right, but it makes the hugest known The cardinal sin. Yeah, in, in my opinion, if not Ian's opinion... When you are making a monster film, you savor that moment. You save that mystery, whether we know it's a mummy or not. You savor what he looks like and what it is till later on in the film. We pause the movie as soon as they show this monster, full, full style, full girth in his tattered mummy wear and cowboy hats and snake skin boots. It was less than 10 minutes in, 9.50 I think they showed this thing, and that was a huge detriment. The spookiness all blew out the frickin' door when they showed this thing. So this movie, it wants to be scary. It wants to be dramatic. It wants to pull at some uh, heartstrings, and it does. But once again, it makes a huge goof about 10 minutes in. And another thing that I had an issue with, the seriousness was played straight in a goofy premise until it started doing the Egyptian subtitles, which I hated. When this mummy starts talking, when the um, uh, they do the translation on the shithouse wall, w- at the very end of the film, when the stars align and say, all is well, when the mummy's defeated, it, it pulls away all of that realism in a movie about rimming mummies. It pulls all that realism out. And I, that, that's one of the few things that I do not like about this movie. Well, and again, that kind of goes back to my point. Like, the movie plays itself straight in most cases, and the few times it does, and it does kind of take you out of the world. So I would agree with that as well. Um, go, going back to this, the cardinal sin. I mean, and this isn't a hard and fast rule for every single horror movie out there, but, I mean, to me, the most effective horror movies that are the ones that don't rely on cheap jump scares, like movies nowadays that are horror, and uh, adding suspense and making you have the fear of the unknown not one jump scare in this movie not one jump scare and 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 there's like i said first 10 minutes they reveal the monster fully you see everything and yes the makeup's great and yes the monster looks great but it strips away any tension and the weird thing is is then later on the line when bruce campbell and uh jfk uh, ozzy davis yeah ozzy davis, davis yeah uh, and ozzy davis um see the monster they played up like this big spooky thing like oh this is going to be the reveal of the monster like they're going to see it walking down the hall which would have been great if they hadn't showed the monster before mm-hmm. and i'm going to compare this to you know what in my opinion is probably the best horror movie of all time if not pretty damn close like top three at the very least is alien right um 
Alien works so well is because of suspense. It's creepy, and you don't ever see the alien fully until nearing the end, and even then, that's always in shadow. It's the fear of the unknown. The instant that you put that alien costume in full light, it's a man in a rubber suit, and that's kind of what this movie reminds me of in some ways, is they blew, they blew their load, and yes, I hey. was making that reference. Um, they blew their load right off the Classy. bat and didn't make it last over time. And that did kind of detract, deflate. I'm going to keep on writing this joke. Oh, that God. did kind of deflate everything a little bit the entire time. I'm going to move on now because I'm a terrible human. Yeah. Alien is a good example. Jaws is another good example where they, they savor the mystery of this thing, but you know it's there. You just can't quite see it. And so, yes, big issue I have with the movie. And I, I agree. The the scene that you were talking about where he's going, he's down the hallway where, where, uh, where Elvis sees him for the first time. I keep almost wanting to call him Bubba Hotep. Where where Elvis sees him for the first time, and he's walking down the hall, and all the I believe it's like the light. Is there lightning? Yeah, the, the, li- the lights flicker. The lights are flickering. Yeah, the not are lightning. Flickering off lights off, are flickering yeah. on and off. That scene would have been like that. Would have been a fantastic, perfect scene had they not spoiled it. Because you know we're seeing like, and, and that's a that's probably my biggest thing is we're seeing the villain before the main character is even seeing it. Like that takes away anything. We, we are supposed to be on par with the main character because they're the ones that they want us to relate to. They're the ones they want us to care about the most, but us knowing as an audience, us knowing in advance what they're going up against, it just kind of makes us go, Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, we're, we're not like it just, it takes away from what you guys have said. It takes away from anything that would have been a, like legitimately thrilling moment yeah and and what's so disappointing about me is i mean i have to hammer on that scene because if there's if there's any scene in the movie that's my favorite it is that scene because god it's so creepily done again played straight in a yeah played straight in a creepy way is he bruce campbell wakes up with ozzy davis they look down the hall and it's all dark and moodily lit and then you see this figure in shadow on the far end of this long, creepy, stark hallway. And then the thing starts walking towards him. And then the lights flicker on and off so you see bits and pieces. And then the mummy stops at the doorway, turns and looks at Bruce Campbell, just kind of regards him, and then just walks and then literally disappears through the door a la um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 style when the kid runs out of the, um, uh, out of the museum or the, the insane asylum. That was so well done. But at that point, I'm like, I don't care because I've already seen the mummy. So why are they doing this? And it's a bummer because the cinematography in this movie is great overall. But that one misstep did so much to the movie's detriment. I feel. Yeah. It, another reason why that scene was beautiful is it shows the uh, Lone Ranger character um, has oh, a, yeah. a fun little part with him. I won't get into it. And then the music in that scene. So I want to touch on some of this music. The music was done by Brian Tyler. He is also the gentleman who did this amazing movie called Six String Samurai, which we may or may not get to in the next few episodes. Um, Brian Tyler, he's fantastic, and he plays this music how the movie is played, very straight. There's no goofy, wacky music cues or anything like that. And the way that Don Coscarelli films, in his own words, he leaves room for the music. He, He does everything slow, wafting. He takes its time, allowing for this music to build up and just create this wonderful atmosphere paired with the set design and the sound to just blow away. And I freaking love the music in this movie. Oh yeah. The music is great. Um, 
it's 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 hard to like it's it's hard to it, like i i can definitely critique but there's just there's so many there's so many things i enjoy about this movie and it's it it, it that's why that's why my ultimate it made it all the more disappointing for you exactly that's why my ultimate uh like ending thought on it is like that it's it, i it's left more to like i i want more i want more than what i was given because I and there's and it's because there's so many things I loved about it: the music, the acting, the the visuals, the cinematography, whatever you want to say. I everything I there's like ninety five percent of the things about this movie I loved, which is why it's so just ugh, it fills me with such <laughs> disappointment because there they had there was so much potential for so much more good things to happen. Kind of kind of like Firefly getting canceled early. Yes. Mm. Or like every season of Heroes after the first one. I've never seen Heroes, but I've heard it's great. First, first season, season, first season's first good. Okay. Everything else Fair. is shit. But it's it's that it 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 equals it it gets dumbed back down to that. That is why I am left with just such it it hurt it hurts me to say it because I love most things about this movie. Well, I mean, and maybe that might be a good way for me to segue kind of into, unless there's anything further we kind of want to say before we get into conclusions. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm I'm kind of running out of things to say at this point. Um, But I think that that does kind of segue into my opinions on the movie too. I mean, I, I I would personally definitely really recommend the movie for as weird as it sounds. It is honestly a very legitimately enjoyable movie. It's just like, it reached that barrier of turning into something that would be like in the hallmark of like my top 50 movies, which is still a very concerning how many movies I think we've all seen top 50 is still a very high praise. And it just fell short of that with these missteps. With that being said though, I do have to very much recommend this movie. If you like quirky, you know, B movies, especially with Bruce Campbell, I mean, Bruce Campbell by itself makes the movie worthwhile to me. Yeah. Um, obviously I would recommend this movie. Uh, this movie is very close to my heart, such as pretty much every movie I've talked about so far. Um, but this movie I actually bought when Hollywood video was going out of dated reference. Yes. So this has been in my collection for a while. I would highly recommend it. I've shown it to the majority of my friends. I love the message of this movie. I love the dialogue. I love the effects. I love Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think this is one you need to see. Even though it left me disappointed, I can understand why it's so loved, why it's a why it's a cult classic. Um, Bruce, like like Ian said, Bruce Campbell makes makes it worth seeing just alone. But you will find that there's uh, really great and witty dialogue. There's good chemistry amongst characters. There's great characters in general. Um, but I, I I'm probably going to be in the minority of wanting more from it because it is so beloved but i i still feel like it is definitely worth watching um and i i think i need to actually go out and maybe read those comics that oh yeah. that uh came out a couple of years back do it just well, to see ask you a question then What's comparing up? this movie to maybe something flavorful like Frogwa, does it compare to Fragua. Fragua. Not foie gras, but Fragua. Oh, you finally got it. Yeah, no, but I'm proud of you. No, but uh and and if and if and if they're listening they know who they are, I'm saying Fragua and I will not say it the other way. Mm. Fragua. Okay. I think that's it, folks. And now, wanna... and now it's time for the urban dictionary corner. Now it's time for the cringe. <laughs> so um this time around I chose 
the move, Bruce Campbell. Oh, no. There was no Bubba Hotep in here. But Bruce Campbell is the name of the phrase. The little blurb it gives us is, my girlfriend let me do the Bruce Campbell on her, and I didn't even have to use the Necronomicon. Oh. What do you guys think the Bruce Campbell is? Once again, it is a sex move. Well, it's, I, oh, I mean, no. my knee jerk would say chainsaw, but I mean, I don't I, think we're getting into like smut stuff. I, I, oh, okay. is it a chainsaw? So I have, no, oh, I have an idea, but it's, it goes, okay. Okay, so go for do it. You, so you know how in Evil Dead where he puts the chainsaw on his on his head is oh, it where no. you put your fist up one of the holes and and you're like Hail and you like baby. shake your fist around so it's you guys are so close so keep it's going. like a chainsaw movement just keep talking let it flow naturally I, i'm uh, very close I, I, I i'm assuming that there's got to be like oh, hail to the king baby reference yeah you have saying, to say oh like God, a line from so it while you're right shaking now. so you're getting that chainsaw effect and hopefully not hurting your partner uh, so Yes, it is referencing um, some of other Bruce Campbell's movies. But what Bruce Campbell is, this is a sex move named after the titular B-movie action hero. It starts off with you revving your hand like a chainsaw, slamming it up the vagina or ass, your choice of your partner, yelling, This is my boomstick! Then mimicking a shotgun blast by opening your hand inside the other person at the end... Pull out your hand, extend your chin. Here's the best part. Look down at the other person and in your most badass voice, whisper, groovy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. I was close. God. We were both, we were know, both, we were, we were both we were, almost we were, there. We were going there. We were, we were on the, on the oh, right track. Man. Um, yeah, that's about what I was expecting it to be. Um, as cringy as you get. Yeah. Yes. Well. Thank you for not ejecting these rejects, guys. Appreciate it. Have a nice day, y'all.